And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we are going to talk about the holiday season. It's already in full swing, having had Thanksgiving come and go. And now we move into the Christmas season, then into New Year's. Hanukkah going on as well. What is your holiday season like? Is it like the Griswolds from the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, all wild, wacky, and nutty? Is it something from a Lifetime movie? Oh, no, wait, better yet, is it a Hallmark movie? No drama. Everything's all blissful. Maybe a little bit of drama for like, Two minutes, and then everything's calm again. What is it like? Do you follow certain traditions? Do you have certain things that you have to do during the holiday season? Certain movies or music? Got to watch a certain movie, play certain music. I know a lot of people get upset when Christmas music plays before Thanksgiving or not until Christmas time, like maybe December. Do you play it all year round? Or would you? Could you? Was it only at a certain time? Is it only certain songs? Let's get into it and let's just see what the Christmas season, the holiday season is all about. So what traditions do you have? Are there any customs and traditions? Maybe it's putting up a Christmas tree or lighting the menorah. Do you have gift exchanges at work with family, maybe with other organizations? Do you go to dinner parties, maybe just dinners, and then parties are separate, or maybe you have dinner parties all together. How many do you go to? What about family? Family getting together at the holidays, how does that work out for you? Do you decide, how do you decide, I guess, where to go? Whose place, whose house do you visit? Or do they all come to your place? Do you have to travel during the holiday season? How about shopping? You head to the malls and you have to fight the crowds and... Look for that perfect gift for that perfect somebody. Or maybe you're just buying for the sake of buying because you feel the need to get somebody a gift. Do you participate in Advent? Is there any other thing that you participate in? Maybe uh, you're part of an organization. Maybe you're part of a church. Do you put on a performance like a Christmas musical? Are you part of a maybe community theater and you put on a, a play, a musical? So there's a lot of things that go on. Maybe you're one of these parents that like to stand in those long lines and wait to put your child on Santa's lap and take the picture with Santa. Some traditions that I had growing up, we always went to Grandma and Grandpa's house for Christmas, Christmas Eve, actually, or maybe went to one of our aunts and uncle's houses. I think we might have hosted once or twice growing up, but... Most of the time, it was grandma and grandpa's, and then we would uh, all get together as a family. You know, the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, we would all get together and hang out and have our family Christmas on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day, Christmas morning was for the immediate family, my mom and my dad and my siblings. And then maybe once in a while, there would be a, um, a church event, you know, that you might go to. I mean, maybe there was a musical at the at the church that the choir would put on, and so you'd go and, and see that. Or, you know, maybe um, 
if there was a Christmas play at the school, I remember in elementary school, we'd oftentimes put on a Christmas program that we'd be in, and it was mandatory. And so the family would come and see that. So maybe there were certain events that you would do. And then on Christmas Day, we'd get up, you know, open presents and just be home on Christmas Day. There wasn't a whole lot of festivities. It wasn't a time where we put, like, everything on the calendar and burned ourselves out. Christmas vacation from school was always a time where you kind of did some things with family. And that was pretty much it. The rest of the time was, like, my time. I wanted to be home. I wanted to play. I was away from school. I was on break. I wanted to watch TV or sports be outside and playing. You know, you grow up in Los Angeles and it's like 100 degrees on Christmas Day. So weather was never an issue. Maybe in other parts of the country it's freezing cold or you're snowing. I remember the first time it snowed on Christmas Day. I was in Iowa. I think it was around, I think it was Christmas of 96. Had a white Christmas and that was fun. I enjoyed it, but I was an adult. And then New Year's Day, you know, you extend the holiday into New Year's Day New Year's Day, well, New Year's Eve, I always spent uh, at the Rose Parade on the Rose Parade route most of the time growing up. And then New Year's Day, I would go back and uh, family would come over to my grandma and grandpa lived just down the street from Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena where the Rose Parade would go by. And we'd get up and we'd go watch the Rose Parade in person. And then we'd walk back to grandma and grandpa's house and we'd have New Year's Day watching the Rose Bowl game. Family would come over, usually about this time, out-of-state family. Maybe if they're from Minnesota, they'd come visit for the warm weather. Maybe a, a family member with a team from the Big Ten that would come to the Rose Bowl and play. Maybe they'd follow them out here. And so we'd see extended family. And so that was kind of the holiday season for me growing up. And then as I got older, things started to change depending on the situation. But a lot of the times it was an opportunity to just kind of decompress, especially if you're working in education. If I was working in radio, it was, it was more of a downtime, but actually in radio, I would have to kick it up a notch because I always worked the holidays because it was always nice to work when the bosses weren't around, when people weren't around, and you were dealing with filling hosts and you were dealing with temporary people that were coming in and filling in. And so I didn't mind working the holidays because that's the time when nobody was there. And it was an easy gig to work. And then I'd take my holiday time elsewhere in the year when it was uh, kind of normal people working and stuff because I just liked working the holidays. It was nice to work with different people, and it didn't, didn't bother me in radio. But obviously in education, you get that time off. And so it's a time to just kind of settle down, just kind of relax, do nothing, unwind. Like I said, decompress. Maybe do some fun things that you don't get to do during the school year because you can't stay up as late because you're getting up early. The one thing I did not like, and I don't miss, when I was working at the college in Pasadena, we would do the Rose Parade. We'd do it live uh, on our live streaming radio station. And I did that for a number of years. So my Christmas break, especially the week between Christmas and New Year's, was crazy busy. And then I haven't done that since, uh, I think 20, well, New Year's 2020 was the last time I did that. So Christmas of 2019 was the last time I had that busy schedule. So from 2013 to 2020, it was busy. It was a busy time. And so I'm glad I'm not doing that now because, again, I get to just kind of relax and enjoy the holidays. But it, it gets you thinking, what is it about? Why? Why do you do the things that you do during the holidays? Do you ever stop and think why you do them? I mean, you have this image, right, of what you want the holidays to be. I mean, like I said, 
Are you the Griswolds? Are you running around? Family's coming over. You got to get the big tree. Got to get the best tree. You have these high hopes for dinner. That everything's going to be perfect. Has to be a certain way. You have to compare it to how grandma did it. Or maybe your aunt and uncles at their place, how they did it. And so you have this like dream idea. But why do you do it? Is it because you want to meet someone else's expectations? Or do you do the holidays the way you do it because you want it to be done that way? So why do we do the holidays the way that we do them? Have you ever really thought why you do what you do during the holiday season? Have you ever asked yourself that question? At the Family Resource Center, we're going to challenge you to do a self-discovery process this year. Ask yourself, why do you put up a tree or decorate the house? Why do you bake goodies, buy gifts? Why do you volunteer? Why do you go to shows or concerts or children's programs or spiritual events? Why do you cook so much food and throw half of it away? Why do you spend so much time away from home doing busy things? And why do you spend so much money? Does what you do bring you joy and fulfillment? If so, then continue on. If not, reevaluate. It's a busy time of year. Are you finding time to relax, reconnect with family? Or is it frantic, chaotic? Think about what's in your control this year. What do you have the power to change? Think about one thing that you can decide to do differently this year. Can you delegate someone else putting up the tree or the outside decorations? Can you order food instead of making it homemade? Can you think about shopping differently? Maybe online, doing it less hectic, less hassle? Do you really need to wrap every gift? So rethink, why do you do what you do? And if you find yourself overly stressed, pick one thing this year to do differently. Plant that seed and find joy and fulfillment in the holiday season. See, I think that's what it comes down to is we have this vision of what the holidays are going to be like, or we just have this expectation that it's going to be busy, it's going to be frantic, it's going to be chaotic. Is that what the holidays should be about? Being frantic, chaotic, running around? Do you really need to buy somebody a sweatshirt, a Carhartt sweatshirt from the local shop and give to them just for the sake of giving them a gift? I mean, it's things to think about. It's not, it's not a not opposed to that. I'm just saying, do we have to we have to rethink some things? Maybe we reimagine gift giving. You know, when you're doing your gift exchange, you know, you have these white elephant gifts. If you're, you're you know, maybe you're working and you have a work party and white elephant gifts, right? It's all about fun. You kind of come up with something crazy or maybe re-gift something. You know, hopefully you become creative in your white elephant gift giving. But that's the type of thing. It's it's the thought behind it. And so maybe you don't have to go out and spend. You know, we have that expectation of kids. You know, if you have kids. They want something, and it's expensive, but maybe you can't afford it this year. Maybe we need to rethink our gift-giving. Maybe we need to focus on words like enjoyment, relaxation, fulfillment. If these things aren't coming out in your holiday season, maybe you should rethink how you do it. You have the power to change it, too. Think about that, the power to change. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine changing your holiday traditions and norms? I did. So like I mentioned, growing up, we had our traditions, our norms. We get together, grandma and grandpas or aunt and uncles, and we would all come together as a family, right? Well, as family grew up, 
and my cousins began to move away and family began to move away, there were less and less people remaining at home. So eventually it got to the point where things changed. It was like, okay, with the very few people in the family circle that are left, let's meet Christmas day, Christmas afternoon. It seemed to be a little bit more of a ideal situation to get together on Christmas day and celebrate the holidays. So Christmas Eve, what do we do? So Christmas Eve, I think it was Christmas Eve 2019 before the pandemic, went to Santa Monica, went to the pier. I think had dinner on, on one of the restaurants on the pier, walked around the pier. The rides were still going and uh, all the games were still being played. And there are a lot of people out there, a lot of people participating in the activities going on at the Santa Monica Pier. Never in a million years would that come up in my younger days because, again, it was about family. It's about getting together with the family, which was obviously important. But things changed. Family wasn't around anymore. Grew up, moved on. Now what? Changed. And it's one of the most memorable non-family type holiday things that I've done. Got some people, went down to the Santa Monica Pier, hung out. That was kind of fun. Um, one year I did all my gifts. You know, it talks about uh, how you have to wrap everything. You know, it's pretty to wrap. And I think I can get away with things because I'm a guy and they just say, oh, it's a guy thing to do. But one time I bought uh, family gifts online and they all came in their, you know, FedEx or Amazon or whatever package. I just left it in the package. I didn't even bother wrapping it. Gave it to them. I didn't want to wrap. Didn't feel like it. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. Maybe you have to put spending caps on uh, on family things. Because to me, it's all about, this is what it comes down to, if you really think about it, for me in the holidays. You know, we like to give gifts because we think giving gifts is the thing that people remember or the thing that we show a love, appreciation, admiration, whatever for, right? It's gift giving. But what about just making memories, spending it with family? I mean, think about this. You go to the mall, and depending on what mall you go to, um, I remember the Glendale Galleria it would be, it got to the point where you just never went because it would take forever to get in and forever to get out, okay? So pick your mall. You go to the mall, and you spend hours there looking for something. Hey, that's great. You want to do that. I get it. And you find that perfect gift, and you give it to somebody. Wonderful. I've done that. I've had people do that for me. It's fabulous. But again, think about it. You've invested two, three hours, maybe four hours of your time. And, and so maybe you, you do some shopping for a few people. I get that. But what if you took one hour, maybe the time it took you to get to the mall and find that one gift for that one friend. And instead of buying that gift, you took that hour, call them up, text them, I guess now, said, hey, let's get together this day and time and let's meet. Maybe coffee, maybe lunch, whatever it is. And you spend time with that person. You're going to remember that. And that's a memory that's being made. And then the conversation that comes from that is going to be much more exciting and much more memorable than the gift. Giving the gift of time. Or maybe you make something. You know, when you're in elementary school, remember you used to make things. And if you have kids, maybe they still make stuff for you. But they're making these arts and crafts. Those are the things that you probably treasure the most, right? With those arts and crafts things, you know, the, the Christmas tree that's tilted and, and maybe the Santa Claus that went on Weight Watchers and isn't as fat and jolly anymore. And maybe the, the snowman 
has half melted on the arts and crafts because it was cut wrong, you know. But that's the thing you like. That's the thing you probably keep. Maybe you make something, something simple. Maybe you make cards. So give him the gift of, of uh, give him the gift of time, of yourself. That's the thing. That's actually, if you want to think about it, the one, I guess the one thing that kind of evens the playing field when it comes to gift giving is time. If I give an hour of my time, if you give an hour of your time, let's say to a charity, to each other, to somebody else, maybe visiting some people, that's equal. Sure, if you have more money than me, you can donate more, and that's great. Nothing wrong with that. Please do. But am I going to now feel bad because I can't give as much? Is that going to put undue stress on me? Am I going to start feeling frantic? Am I going to start being overwhelmed? Am I going to start feeling chaotic because I can't give as much so it's not as fulfilling? But maybe instead of giving, maybe it's like, hey, let's go together and give our time. Because now you're investing that time in that other person or people, whoever it might be. I remember one time working at the college, uh, our radio station, we had a, uh, a toy drive. I came up with this idea to do a toy drive. And I didn't really think, to be honest, that it was going to go over very well. Because, again, the way it was done, it was kind of last minute. Um, just didn't know, you know how to put it out there on campus because, you know, work people, they get kind of kind of cranky when they get these unsolicited emails about things. And so I decided, you know, let's just put it out there. We'll walk around. We'll pass out flyers. That's fine. That's legal on campus. You know, and we'll get maybe some other instructors to tell it to their um, students. And, you know, so we worked the system so that it was all cool and didn't get anybody upset. No Grinches or Scrooges on us. And it actually turned out really cool. We actually got a lot of gifts, like more than I ever anticipated. And it all went to Children's Hospital. That was the whole point of it. And the whole idea was that the students came together. It was just my idea. And I said, you guys want to do this? And they were excited about it. I said, let's go do this. And then they were the ones that took it. I didn't even go. They were the ones that took it to Children's Hospital. And um, they had a great time. They weren't really allowed because Children's Hospital is pretty strict when it comes to because you got sick kids. But they were allowed to drop them off, and they were allowed to be greeted by a couple of uh, patients that were a little bit more healthy, I guess, that could you know, um, tolerate meeting people because, again, you have to be careful. But it was just kind of cool because these students didn't know – and this was the first time they saw that if you give the impact that it can have on somebody else, especially somebody else through the holiday season that isn't really being able to have a traditional Christmas like you might want to think. I mean, think about the last couple of years and what hit and how did that alter and change your plans? And now all of a sudden everybody's talking about, hey, it's coming back. It's coming back, right? We get to, we get to share the holidays. So when we have these expectations, we have these concerns, we have family gatherings, we have finances, we're in an inflation, you know, maybe there's rumors of things being like people getting laid off of work. Sometimes in media, December's the time when you lay people off for some reason. I think CNN is going through that right now. But again, you have these expectations. You know, I just want everything to be perfect. You hear that all the time. I just want everything to be perfect. What is perfect? Can you define what perfect is? Or is it an expectation that you want everything to be such in such a way that when people participate, they can turn to you and give you positive feedback? You know, you think of weddings. Weddings have to be perfect, right? It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, hopefully. 
or maybe twice, but you want it to be perfect. But what is this perfect? What are these expectations? I remember one time, the first Christmas tree, I moved to Iowa, cold weather country, decided that um, I was going to get a Christmas tree, last minute type of thing, a couple days before Christmas. And so I went down to the local uh, grocery store, and they had some lined up outside. Now, granted, it's like December 22nd, and it's like been below zero weather for a couple days. The trees were absolutely frozen solid. I picked one. By the time I got it home, half the needles fell off, and I ended up with this Charlie Brown Christmas tree in Iowa. But you know what? It was perfect. It worked for me. I was completely happy with it. It did the job, and that was fine. And I have a memory of it, too. It wasn't a negative thing. Didn't cry over it. Didn't think it was a bad thing because I've got a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I thought it was pretty cool. I've always been a fan of Christmas trees, like real ones. Uh, last year, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to buy a fake one. <gasps> what? You can't do that. That's against the norms, the traditions, my norms, my traditions. But you know what? I decided I want to change. I really don't want to go out there. I don't have the energy anymore to go out there and look for trees. And then every year I have to decide, is it you know this much or that much? Is it going up? Is it going down? Beat the crowds? No, I just pull it out, put it up, boom. And in fact, this year, got a second one. One for this room, one for that room. I got two fake ones. Who would have thought? But again, changing traditions, changing norms, it's okay because we can have expectations of what's it like now? What's it like this year? What's it like for us to enjoy the holidays in the now? Sure, back then, we might have wanted certain things. In the future, we might want more things. But what about in the now, this year? How are things for you this year? And how do you make it work this year? So when you have these expectations, you know, make them perfect for you. When you talk about what is perfect, make it perfect for you whatever that might be. Not perfect. Again, we talked about it, other people's expectations on what it should be. Make it perfect for you. What's perfect for you? Don't compare your holidays to other people's holidays or what other people are doing. Now, sure, if there's an idea that you want to incorporate, knock yourself out. But I'm saying, don't compare yourself. It doesn't matter. Don't compare yourself to past years. Other family members, other friends, it doesn't matter. You do you. Like Frankie said, Sang the song, did it my way, do it your way. Because after all, that's what it's about. It's about you enjoying the holidays. It's about you having fulfillment, relaxation, having good memories. The holidays, it's supposed to be a time of good cheer. So have good cheer. So how do we do that? How do we focus? How do we have these expectations and everything? What do we do? Most people expect the holidays to be a happy, jolly time, but that doesn't match reality for everyone. Maybe your relatives aren't showing up for dinner, or you are estranged from a family member, or there's financial concerns, and it's not fitting with the way the holidays are supposed to be. People are bombarded by the media during the holidays with expectations of having the next best thing, and that can make you feel depressed because nothing is good enough. At that point, it's time to switch into gratefulness and connections with other people. For example, take time every day to share a treasure with someone. The treasure could be a funny story, a kind story, something new you've learned, something beautiful in nature. And try lowering your anxiety by being mindful. It's paying attention to your senses. 
What do you hear, smell, see, taste, touch? And pay it forward with random acts of kindness. You know, we've talked about kindness on the show before. If you did one random act of kindness per day at the end of the year, you'd have done 365. Why not continue? See, if you make if you make some of these things a healthy habit throughout the year, then things really don't change a whole lot at the holiday times. You're giving throughout the year, maybe to charities or maybe to organizations or maybe to schools, whoever you're giving to. And maybe you're just giving a little bit, right? Maybe it's 10 bucks a month here or there. By the end of the year, you've given out 120. Christmas time comes, you're like, I got to give. You see the red kettle, right? The bells ringing and the red kettle's there and you feel like you got to give money. Well, you've been giving throughout the year. Now the holidays aren't as stressed. Maybe you want to give a little bit more because it's the holidays. But again, you're doing this year round, your random act of kindness. Maybe you're giving. Maybe you're visiting others. Maybe having family dinners. I know it's hard to do that because people focus on the holidays as the time to do all that. But what about the rest of the year? So we try to pack all this stuff, all this good stuff, into a short period of time. And then the rest of the year goes by and it's like, I don't want to say wasted, but it's like there's all this time that you could be doing some of the same things you do during the holidays. You could be doing other times of the year. Getting together with family, getting together with friends, getting together and having, I don't know, it's a gift exchange, but you got birthdays. Maybe get together at those type of things. So it's not so difficult. It's not so jam-packed. The schedules aren't so stressed during the uh, holidays. I mean, think about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, then you had, what, Friendsgiving, where people that are friends come together. I mean, that would have been unheard of because Thanksgiving was always kind of family, right? But there was a tradition that developed and came about with friends. Now, friends are getting together. So you can have those Friendsgivings or whatever throughout the year. Why not? Why not do something? Why not change the, uh, the meaning? of why you do things. Because after all, when you think about it, when it comes down to it, you have to ask yourself, what is the true meaning of Christmas? And like Charlie Brown said, can anybody tell us what the true meaning of Christmas actually is? I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel... A multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. See, after all, that's really what Christmas is about. Nowadays, it might be disguised as Santa, 
or I should say replaced actually by Santa. Or maybe it's uh, the Christmas miracle. We hear about that. You listen to, if you listen to Christmas carols, the same message that we just heard there from Linus is in those Christmas carols. In fact, if you watch Charlie Brown's Christmas, I think I think that's the only time Linus drops his blanket. He's always sucking his thumb, has his blanket. He actually drops it during that speech. No longer codependent upon that blanket because of the message he's sharing there at Christmas. So if you think about what is your meaning, okay, maybe you don't aspire to the Christian version of Christmas. Jesus being born in a manger. Maybe you don't aspire to that. Maybe you believe something different, and that's fine. But when it gets down to it, it's not the gaudiness of Christmas anymore. It's not the hectic schedule. It's not trying to do everything you can. It's more about the simplicity of doing good things that we should be doing. It's actually a lifestyle if you think about it. It should become a lifestyle that we do all year round or we practice all year round, whatever your belief is, at your holiday season. That should be your practice all year round and not just focused at one time. I remember a social media post years ago, and they posted that they were going to go and uh, help feed the homeless. Great. It was at Thanksgiving. Perfect. But what if you did that all year round? Once a month, once every couple months, whatever. What if you did whatever you like to do at the holidays? You give of your time. You give of maybe your money. You give of yourself. And you invest in loved ones. Have you heard that story? I'm sure you have. That went around where apparently there was a mixed message and texting or something where this lady invited this young man thinking it was somebody she knew, maybe your son, um, to Thanksgiving dinner and it turned out to be the wrong person. And the wrong person said, hey, I'd love dinner anyways. Mom said, yes, come. And it's been like seven, eight years they celebrate Thanksgiving. I think the, the woman lost her husband but still celebrates because now family has been added through this mistexting thing. You can look it up. Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving miracle. But see, that's what it is. It's expanding beyond reaching out to those. Think about other people out there who don't have people at the holidays. Think about people that have lost loved ones, especially in the last couple of years. It makes it difficult. Maybe ones because of certain rules that were put into place couldn't say goodbye. There's going to be people hurting out there. There's people that we're going to need to check in on. Make sure they're doing okay. Maybe maybe it's okay to invite somebody to family dinner. Maybe it's okay to invite somebody or maybe it's okay to create a new afternoon tea, ladies. Probably wouldn't recommend happy hour, guys, but hey, whatever. Maybe there's time to create something. Have people over for a couple of hours and then go. You know, maybe there's something, a new tradition. Maybe there's a new tradition where you get together and you bring some toys, box them up, and you send them on their way for a charity. You can be creative. Maybe you just have everybody over for a movie. Because sometimes it's not necessarily, and this is what I learned with bereavement, 
It's not necessarily what you do, but it's just being there. And sometimes just having somebody there during the loneliness of the holidays can be beneficial to that person, even if you didn't say anything. Now, granted, that might be awkward. Maybe if you just dropped off some donuts. Whatever it is that you can think of, that random act of kindness, that just being there, because you're investing in people now. And it goes beyond the gift. You're now giving of your time. And the person receiving that, sure, they love the gift, and they're going to appreciate it. But if you sat down and you talked with them for 30 minutes, maybe an hour, wow. Now look at Now they remember that you invested time, and they're going to appreciate that long after the gift that you gave them is forgotten. So we have to remember that. We have to be able to allow for the change and try to put a positive spin if possible. Sure, it's going to be hard when you lose a a loved one. Tradition changes, you know, plans change. People that I think of, uh, you know, my grandmother and my aunt passed away um, and what they used to cook. In fact, I think this holiday season, we're going to try to um, use some of my aunt's recipes we're going to give them a shot. But again, you lose um, some food because of the recipes, grandma's recipes. Nobody cooks like grandma, right? Nobody cooks like mom, right? But then when time comes and they eventually pass on, it's not quite the same. But maybe we try to put a positive spin on it. Give it an attempt. Give it a try. Traditions change. Routines change. Plans change. Try to focus on the good. Like that one clip said earlier, maybe you share a treasure, a special moment something that happened in the past that brings joy and happiness. And so you give it new. One of the hard things that, uh, it's gotten easier over time, but Christmas Eve, I got a phone call. I was hanging out with my family at my aunt's house years ago. I think it might have been 2011. And I get a phone call from work, a guy at work, a friend of ours passed away, liver cancer. Actually, it was lung cancer, but it had metastasized everywhere to his liver and so forth. But um um, but they discovered it in his liver first. But he passed away Christmas Eve, got the phone call. Not the type of call you want to get on Christmas Eve. But now all these years later, I still remember. And every Christmas Eve isn't necessarily a sad thing, but it's a time where it's Christmas Eve, I remember my friend, the softball games we used to play, him sneaking me Red Bull into the studio at the radio station, you know, little things like that going out and hanging out and grabbing a drink at these different little places, Chinatown. Used to go to Chinatown, you know. And so, again, try to spin it to a positive and remember the fun times. But it's going to be difficult. So how do we deal with the loved ones or the loss of loved ones at Christmas time? I think we have to acknowledge our feelings and know that it's okay to feel some sadness and some grief or around the loss of our loved ones you know just because it's the holiday season we don't have to feel forced to feel happy and joyous families are changing so traditions can change as well you know if grandma was always the one that was making the family christmas dinner you might necessarily want to put on that stress of making that dinner for your entire family instead you could pick her favorite restaurant and you know take the entire family there so you're sharing it with everyone that loved her and has have memories with her and you're with your family um, if there's financial stressors 
it, with the addition of losing your loved one. You know, if grandpa always donated to a specific charity, you might want to consider going to volunteer at an event that that charity is holding, you know, because you get, again, you get to remember your loved one, spend time with your family that is here to celebrate, and also get a chance to volunteer, which is a great way to lift your spirits and joy at this time of the year. You know, it reminds me of the time when my aunt did pass away. Um, it was the funeral, and we were trying to figure out what to do as far as eating, right? It's never easy when you're dealing with a funeral and a memorial service and then eating. But what my cousins, her children, decided was that we were going to go eat at her favorite restaurant. We actually did that. And it worked out perfectly. We were able to get the kind of like the banquet room or the room in the back. And we were able to get together. And we were able to eat there. Less stress. Nobody had to make anything. We didn't have to bring anything. Didn't have to set up tables and chairs and all that. It was all taken care of. And so it was an opportunity to just kind of sit and be with family. But things like that, Christmas Eve at the Santa Monica Pier, something different, making new things. And sure, the Santa Monica Pier wasn't because of a loss due to death. But again, it's a loss of people moving away. It's a loss of people not being there. I mean, think about kids at college, right? When they come home for the holidays, everybody's excited, right? Because they've been gone. And then after the holidays, everybody leaves again. But think about that, just the people moving away and not being there for the holidays because life has taken them someplace else, maybe a new job, maybe family, whatever. And so you're dealing with the loss of people just not being there. That's the same thing. Maybe not as severe as the loss due to death, but there's still a loss. So you still have to kind of recognize those feelings and realize, hey, this is legitimate. This is true. But then how can I work it so that I don't focus on that? You know, we talk about mindset. And sometimes the mind can be a tough thing to manipulate because it wants to manipulate us. But we can try to rechannel and refocus some of that. You know, give it a try. Give it an effort. And maybe we have to reach out. You know, again, we talk about support systems. Maybe we have to have a support system and call and reach out to others. But again, if we look at the holidays as a lifestyle year-round, sure, this is a special time of year. Don't demean the special time of year. But if we start to look at some of the things, you know, what about other holidays? What about birthdays? What about 4th of July's? What about Easter? You know, there's a lot of other holidays. And so if you start to kind of think of it, not just this holiday season, Christmas, which has a lot of emphasis because of the type of holiday that it is, maybe it starts to ease some of the pain in that loss. And you can start to create new traditions, new ways of dealing with it. The other thing you have to deal with is that awkward family moment. You don't see family for a long time, then all of a sudden everybody comes together, right? And then you're like, oh, now what am I going to do? You know, you've got people that you maybe are at odds with in family. It's family after all, right? You guys get along perfectly with your family. I hope you do. Um, But maybe there's other things that you need to do. And so you're like, hmm, how am I going to handle this situation, this awkward conversation, this whatever that might come up with family as we get together at the holiday season. One thing to keep in mind is in any of these situations, the the one thing that we really have control over is ourselves. We can't control that aunt or uncle or family member. um, But what we can do is 
think about beforehand, how do I want to respond? So if I anticipate that something's going to come up in a family situation that's awkward, how do I want to handle that? How do I want to respond to that? And even think about a plan ahead of time that might be helpful. Maybe even if you have someone with you, whether it's a significant other or a friend, let them know, you know, this might happen and this is what I want to do and how can they support you in doing that. Um, another thing, if you're in awkward family situations, give yourself a moment, take a breather, whether you can go take a walk or even, might sound silly, but take a couple minutes in the bathroom to yourself just to relieve some of that stress. See, it's important to have a plan. Anything we do, it's important to have a plan so that way you don't react. There's a lot of families that might, uh, we've seen, I've seen at least a lot of more videos popping up about co-parenting. I mean, Kate Hudson just came out and she co-parents with three other dudes. But so there might be some blended families. There might be some estrangements going on. There might be some different things. And maybe you come together because grandma's getting older and it might be her last Christmas. So you kind of set those things aside and you show up or whatever reason. And so have a plan. How are you going to handle this? What are you going to do if this comes up or if that comes up? Or Because there's probably more times than not something that could set off the family dynamic. You hope not, but you probably have a plan already to think, you know, I'm not going to let the little things stress me. Don't stress the little things, right? I'm not going to do that. Don't be the Grinch. Don't be the Scrooge. Have a heart. But then there's that one person that really gets to you. Fortunately, I haven't had that, but there have been a time, there have been times, at least not with my family, but there have been times where I've needed to maybe just get away from the group dynamic. Okay, we're at an event um, maybe it's family related, but there's some other people in the mix as well. You know, you get some of those extended parties or maybe you get invited to a, a work party and everything's good. But then that one coworker is like kind of getting on your nerve. And so you just want to step away. You know what I've done in the past, this might not work for you, but family event, I'm like, Oh, I'm thirsty. I want something craving a drink. And, uh, you know, maybe it's um, non-alcoholic because you drink and drive. But I'm thinking, oh, I want a drink. What do you have? And then I pick a drink, a beverage. Maybe it's a soda or something they don't have. Uh, Dr. Pepper is my go-to. A lot of people have figured that out now. So maybe something else. Maybe it's, uh, oh, I want a uh, root beer. Maybe they don't have it. So what do you do? You have to get in the car, drive down to the Mini Mart, or walk down to the Mini Mart, and you get away for a little bit. Refocus. Take your time. Or maybe you have to go out and make a phone call. Probably not the best thing to do because that probably looks uh, looks bad to walk away from the group to make a phone call. But, I mean, you just never know. You can be creative, you know. You be creative in what you do. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie A Guy Thing, uh, I think it's Jason Lee. Uh, he sits in the bathroom because he's trying to avoid somebody that is a family member to his fiance, And he sits there all night long, waits it out. Might not be the best thing to do, but... Have a plan, be creative, because you don't want the holidays to go by, and you don't want it to be frantic, you don't want it to be chaotic, you don't want it to be like this exhausting thing, and then on top of it, you have issues that you have to go back and fix or address, family issues, financial issues, things like that, because we forget about that. We focus on the holidays, but then we forget January comes, and now all the repercussions from the holidays are going to hit in January. Got to deal with that. So what you want to do is try to, as best, have a plan. And then that way you can avoid those things. Maybe ahead of time, let people know. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. Maybe if you're going over to, you know, 
grandma's house or aunt and uncle's house or somebody's house. And you're going to be like, you know what? If this goes down, I'm just going to walk away. So if I disappear for a little bit, let me know. Maybe you go in the other room and turn on the TV for a little bit. You got a plan. Put the earbuds in, whatever it is. But again, you want to make it so that you're not the problem. You can control yourself, and that's the best thing that you can do. Because you want the holidays to be fun. You want them to be exciting. You want them to be memorable for good things. And if all else fails, let's get some advice about the holidays from some Southern Bells. It is really not the time for blow-up Smurf figures in your front yard. Now, what does that have to do with Christmas? The Christian Smurfs? I don't know. You don't like the placement of the silver? That's right. And this is not like it's supposed to be, but what the heck? It's a holiday. It's informal. But I do hope they're eating outside if they've arranged the knife and fork like this. My tip on having a holiday party is to be sure that you... Um, of preparing things that you know how to prepare. You should prepare things that other people will eat and eat in a timely manner. We had, Gaden uh, and I had a friend who thought of herself as just, you know, Julia Child reincarnated. It would be midnight and you would think, oh, oh, when's the Coco Vin coming? And the answer is in about two hours. And I am grateful for people celebrating Thanksgiving. Well, if it's sit down, I would set the table. If it's gonna be a cocktail buffet, and I would roll my napkins. I think if you're having a sit down party and you don't have a lot of help, it's hard to serve that many plates. We also have uh, turkey and dressing and those kinds of traditional things at Thanksgiving. We do not have that at Christmas. I think to have two different scenarios is the way to go. <laughs> if you were coming to my house and you were bringing your bow, is there anything I need to know? Is he allergic to nuts? Those nuts? They are secret killers. Being overserved happens at weddings, it happens at funerals, it happens at holiday parties. The main thing is to not let somebody overserved drive, and there are tactful ways to handle that. Uh, you can't take the car keys away from your uh, elderly uncle, but you can say, there's the bedroom, or you can do something. You shouldn't let them drive. And I just think that's your responsibility as a hostess. I think the main point of a hostess gift is to show appreciation and again not to break the bank and if it's particularly somebody you, you don't know very well how about a little jar of ho homemade mayonnaise not flowers that are cut flowers and she has to drop everything to get a vase i make the one person that comes dressed casually feel inappropriate and make him feel at ease take our jackets off or take our ties off yeah that's the, uh, a variation on the famous story of Somebody shows up to somebody's house and drinks out, out of the soup bowl somewhere elegant. And the hostess says, oh, I always thought it tasted better that way, and drinks out of it, and everybody's immediately at ease. And I find that just very cordial. What's the rule on giving people leftovers? If I have a guest at Thanksgiving and I see that he was particularly enjoying the apple pie, I'll just say, would you like to have a piece of this pie to take home with you? I don't really think it's easy for the hostess to assemble a lot of takeaway plates, I might drop it by the next day. Isn't that one of the most difficult things to figure out is who takes leftovers? I know uh, in our place, depending on what is well sought after, you kind of have to fight for it. But no, there's some you know etiquette. Some some uh, they they kind of talk in tongue in cheek. If you're not familiar with the South, it's very proper. 
Uh, it's very um, sophisticated, a lot of charm, you know, a lot of rules. Etiquette is a big deal. And so it's a lot of ton- tongue-in-cheek. But, yeah, I mean, think about it. If you're introducing somebody new to the family during the holidays, maybe you should give some people a heads up as to this is the likes, this is the dislikes. Maybe you want to have proper food. Maybe you have, you know, your ham dinner because, again, she likes turkey at Thanksgiving and something different at Christmas. So maybe you do ham or something. But maybe the person coming likes mac and cheese. Maybe you dish up some mac and cheese. That's so terrible. And don't do craft. Make it gourmet. But think of that. Uh, Maybe if they talk about, you know, being served too much, drinking too much, maybe we do away with the alcohol and have non-alcohol eggnog. Eggnog's horrible. But maybe consider that. Consider who's coming and what their needs are. And then you kind of create and and remove some of those uh, temptations, you know. Um, So, again, when you're dealing with the holidays, have some flexibility, too. Because, again, it's about the people. It's about the loved ones. It's about people coming together. It's making memories. Because you never know if the next year you're going to be together again. I like to approach every holiday as this is the last one, not to be morbid. But, again, life changes. People move away. Jobs, careers, things like that. And so you never know what the next year is going to hold. And so I like to make sure that each year is its own unique year unto itself. Changing traditions if necessary, uh, getting together with people or accommodating people. Like they talked about, take your tie off. If someone's coming that's not properly dressed or formally dressed, make them welcome. Make them invited. Because that's what it's about, really. I mean, you think about it. You talk about Christmas. You talk about Christmas cheer. You talk about the Christmas miracle. You talk about all these things about Christmas, right? But when you break it down, what's it breaking down to? Relationships with people. Dealing with people. How we affect people in our actions, in our words, in what we do. And it's how we do that. And we like to step up the game of life at the holidays because that's the expectation. But really, that should be what we do all year round. We should have that Christmas spirit all year round. Because if we continue to do what we do at the holidays all year round and we make it a lifestyle, Think about how much better the people around us. We always talk about, you know, raising the standard, bringing out our inner greatness, inspiring and motivating others so that we raise up our communities, our neighborhoods, the people around us to be better, right? And then if we do that and they see that in us, they're inspired, they're motivated, maybe they do that. I want to be more like this person, not because they're so great, but because look at the positive impact they're having on those around them. I want to do that. I want to be kind to people all year round. I want to be loving to people all year round. I want to be uh, engaging to people all year round, inviting, you know, whether it's uh, something simple. We've talked about it like over the 4th of July and other holidays. You know, we talked about if you have an integrated society or a um, um, culturally diverse community, maybe you have these driveway parties where each family creates their own culture's meal, right? And then you walk around and you try it out, okay? Things like that all year round. So you're having dinners and parties at the holidays, but maybe you create things all year round so it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes something that is a part of you all year round. Then when the holidays hit, it's not so crazy, not so hectic, and you're getting fulfillment all year round. You're having a relaxed attitude all year round. Your anxiety isn't kicking up. You're remembering your loved ones all year round. It becomes a lifestyle, a lifestyle of loving other people 
which is exactly what the Christmas story is all about. So as we go through the holiday seasons, you've got your norms, you've got your traditions, you've got what you're going to do. Make it about you. I mean, not selfish and narcissistic, but what works best for you. If you're going to make something, make sure you know how to cook it. Like I said, we're going to try some family recipes, which is going to be fun. But going into it, we already know we're going to do that. And hey, hopefully there's a pizza joint open if it doesn't work out. Um, But then also, you know, create things that people would want to eat. Some of the simple things. Some of the things that we might not even remember because it's too simple. Because we try to inflate this holiday spirit to something so grand that we can't even achieve it. And then we go, why isn't it perfect? Well, it's because we inflated it and our vision of it was so grand we couldn't attain that. But in actuality, it was perfect because the people were there and together. So what else do you like about the holidays? Do you have any holiday songs, Christmas carols? Movies? Any food? There's a few songs that I like to play at the holidays. Now, I'll play Christmas music all year round. Like if I'm driving in the car and it's the middle of July and I think of a Christmas song, I'll put it on. I don't care. But here's a couple of my go-tos, okay? If I'm just driving in the car and I want to listen to something. Um, Band-Aid. I know people don't like Band-Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? But that actually led, that song actually led to what became eventually Live Aid. But I like that song, and there's a lot of history behind it. If you go and look at the history behind that, it's actually pretty cool. But I like that. Uh, the Ronettes with uh, Ronnie Bennett, who became Ronnie Spector. Her voice is tremendous. Uh, Frosty the Snowman is one of my particular faves. Obviously, you can't go without Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Uh, Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Helms. A Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives. Obviously, Andy Williams, it's the most wonderful time of the year. That kind of set the tone for what the holiday season's about. It is wonderful. Uh, most recently, The Little Drummer Boy with Jennifer Nettles and Edina Menzel. Wasn't she the wicked? The wicked witch. Now all of a sudden filled with Christmas spirit. And then one of my favorites, just because the irony of it all is Twisted Sister, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Um, you can look those up on whatever music platform. But those are just some of the go-to songs that I like. Um, there's a whole lot more. But if I that's my list, kind of, if I have, like, let's say, a 30-minute drive or a 10-minute drive, I'll just rotate through those. And, again, it could be any time of the year. It doesn't have to be Christmas time. Movies, not really a fan of any Christmas movie. Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. But, anyways, um, Miracle on 34th Street was actually pretty good. Seen Christmas Vacation too many times. I don't care to watch it anymore. Remember that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer animated cartoon or show um don't watch that anymore can't stand it anymore saw it seen it don't want anything to do with it anymore never saw a christmas story does that surprise you never saw elf heard elf was the funniest movie ever can't get into it i think i've seen maybe 10 seconds of it uh nightmare before christmas i've seen a nightmare on elm street not a nightmare before christmas maybe that's shocking one movie that does appear interesting that I've been toying with. I keep forgetting about it until Christmas comes. I'm like, "Mm, I should check that out. It's an old, I think, black and white shop around the corner. It's about two people that apparently work together in a shop, and then it's a love story. But shop around the corner is something that um, has kind of been intriguing me, but it only pops up around Christmas time and, you know, the online listings of stuff. Now, I looked up IMDb, okay? IMDb Top 100 Christmas Movies. Batman Returns is on the list. Trading Places 
with Dan Aykroyd on the list. Gremlins 2. I think it's Gremlins 2. Was it Gremlins 1? I don't know. One of them is on the list. A movie called The Ref and Shazam. How are these Christmas movies? Is it just because they happen around the holidays? Because I didn't think Gremlins. Batman Returns, really? Is that a Christmas movie? I digress. Favorite foods? Uh, there's a Norwegian food called lefsa. Basically what it is, it looks like a tortilla, but it's made from potato. And so you get this flat potato tortilla, and it becomes a dessert. You can put brown sugar in it, other sweets in it. You roll it up, and you eat it. Uh, so it looks like almost like a taquito. But it's uh, made from potatoes. It's a Norwegian or Scandinavian dessert. It's actually very good. That's one thing that was big around the holidays. And that's what everybody fought for. See, when uh, the ants got together, I think my grandfather was involved in making it too for a long time. But when the ladies got together and made it, you had to make a lot because, again, you had to divvy it up, divvy up the goods, because everybody wanted Lefsa, the sweet treat for dessert. Uh, My mom's sweet potatoes. Anytime we get together and have sweet potatoes or have dinner, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthday, got to have her sweet potatoes. And then we talked about changing traditions, right? Uh, so as the older generations in my family start to move on, they were big lutefisk. Lutefisk is a codfish, a Scandinavian codfish dinner. It's terrible. That tradition will die with the younger generation, myself cousins already talked about it and uh lutefisk is pretty much a tradition that's going to change and then of course you've got the uh, family gift exchange and so um this year i think there's gonna be 13 members of the family which is actually pretty healthy this year considering past years i was on the santa monica pier on christmas eve with a couple people now we've got 13 people and um the question was how does it work out with an odd number of people well just by chance and just by luck I pulled my own name. So now I have to figure out what I want to get myself for Christmas and give to myself Christmas Eve at the Family Gift Exchange. So there you go. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm signing them. Hey, check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. And you can click on the Two Steps Ahead Podcast uh, logo. And our uh, shows pop up on video. There's also the SoundCloud portion, the audio portion. You can download the audio portion and take it with you on the go. You can listen to podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartMedia, you name it, it's there. In fact, if you go back to the website for a minute, you can, uh, or if you go to our Instagram page, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, uh, that hosts a lot of our shows and video clips and things like that. There's a link tree link in the bio. You click on it. A lot of options come up. You've got a rumble page our SoundCloud page, our website. Uh, you also have Spotify and some other places that you can listen to it. So that is kind of one stop shopping. And speaking of shopping, we have a merchandise page with some really cool, uh, two steps head product, um, sweatshirts, drinkware, t-shirts, a lot of cool stuff. And so if you're looking for that unique Christmas gift, holiday gift, birthday gift, any reason gift, Two Steps Head podcast uh, merchandise shop. You can go to RadioWarp.com, and you can click on the merchandise, or you can go to the Instagram, TWO, Two Steps Head podcast, and um, click the link and bring up the swag shop. 
You can reach us via email at TWO2StepsEdPodcast at gmail.com. Again, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and this is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Until next time, God bless.